Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Stores. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense. Your mayor, Joe Sushiman. Something else occurs to me about what we've been talking about. The Pyrrhic. Am I saying that right, I wonder? I'm going to look. P-Y-R-R-H-I-C. I want to know how it's pronounced. I bet it's Pyrrhic or Pyrrhic? Pyrrhic. Uh, Pyrrhic. Let's see if we've got a... we have a gal saying it for us? Nope. Nope. Uh, it's... Hi, Rick. Yeah. Hi, Rick. Well, there's another thing to, to remember about that. In how many neighborhoods would the residents not have taken action? And, and I, think, I think what happens, uh, what has happened over the course of time is that government agencies here, elsewhere, all across the country, particularly the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, they've become emboldened. Is that a fair statement? They're so they're so accustomed to no one questioning them that they pretty much do what they want to do. Now I'm a big fan of public works. I just wish you'd fix the streets. I got one job, one job. That's uh, all and I understand. No, no, they got more than one job. They got to maintain infrastructure, maintain the integrity of water delivery and internet lines and utility poles. And they're involved in many, many things and they do a great job, but they're, but their leaders, the people in the salon have become so emboldened that they go into these neighborhoods and say, Oh, by the way, uh, we're cutting down all your trees and we're putting in new pavement. You're, you're, it's, it's your time. You're due. You're on the list. And now the neighbors say, okay, these people, these people said, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. We don't want sidewalks. We believe that the absence of sidewalks contributes to the character of the neighborhood. We don't want them. And I think that public works is unaccustomed to that. Or substitute the name of any— just rolls over. Substitute the name of any bureau—you know, any bureaucracy, license bureau, uh, housing inspection, uh, whatever— they become emboldened because no one, no one opposes them. These people did. Now, here's another example. In Minnesota? Right here. Okay. 
Plans for a streetcar line on West 7th Street in St. Paul are inching forward with the Metropolitan Council expected to vote on the proposal next month. Upgrading transit along what's known as the Riverview Corridor has long been a dream of regional planners. Not a dream of the people who pay taxes. This is a dream of regional planners. It looks good on their resume. It has nothing to do with the real life on West 7th Street. Ideas for dedicated bus lines, bus rapid transit, and light rail were in turn floated and scuttled over the past two decades. The latest proposal is a streetcar that would connect downtown St. Paul to uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul International Airport in the Mall of America. The new transit mode would use tracks embedded in the roadway and connect to existing light rail lines. Supporters emphasize the modern streetcars are more like light rail trains than the sparking, lurching, wooden contraptions of a century ago. At a public comment hearing held by the Met, I, I attended one of these, by the way, to put my money where my mouth is. Yep. I went to a public hearing to say no. At a public comment hearing held by the Met Council Wednesday, Christine Grill, who lives near West 7th Street and Interstate 35E, said the streetcar can't come fast enough. I regularly take the 54 bus to work, and I frequent many of the businesses along West 7th, Grill said. I'm looking forward to the day when my little tiny neighborhood is better connected to the rest of St. Paul. It already is by bus. I can't imagine that this is from NPR. They really, really had to turn over a lot of rocks to find this woman. The streetcar plan already has the approval of the St. Paul City Council. Of course it does. Ramsey County, of course, and other local governments. It'll go before the Met Council in February, which will decide whether to include it in its larger transportation policy plan, a critical step in getting federal funding. That's not federal funding. That's your money. Right. It's your money. The Met Council said the project would include a new bridge over the Mississippi and a tunnel under Fort Snelling. The total cost could top $2 billion. You've lived in St. Paul all your life. Yep. I virtually have. Mm -hmm. I know of no evidence that anyone along West 7th Street in St. Paul has ever been prevented from getting to the airport. I've never so seen have anybody. You heard, do you know anybody? No, I've never seen anybody stopped there. <laughs> you know, that right under, under Fort Snelling? Have you ever Snelling? seen anyone standing on a corner with a confused look on their eyes, holding a suitcase? Up in saying, arms. Saying, I don't know what to do. I'm no. trying to get to the airport, but I don't know what to do. No, in fact, on the contrary, I just see a lot of cars and buses going back and forth across that river bridge. Do you think uh, Pat Mancini's in favor of this? No. Oh, God. Do you think uh, Dave Cassetta's in favor of this? He's not. Uh, do you think the joints closer to the X are in favor of this? Hell no. Maybe they are. I don't know. I know Mancini isn't. I know Cassetta's isn't. Joe Bennett, the whole that whole group of <laughs> West 7th business owners, including uh, Runyon and Casper, they don't want you any of that You got Soapy stuff. Joe's. Yes. The Lindsay family running that car wash. You got... Uh, uh, you know, look, look, look at this. Keg and Case just opened and up. the old Schmidt Brewery. Yes, and they've got um, uh, uh, apartment buildings there. That's right smack on West 7th. It's full all the time. It, the whole area is bustling, and we don't. people can get there and can get away from there. Okay, There's what's, buses. What's driving this? Uh, okay, federal funding. I was just going to say, yes. Well, no. It's, it's the general. No, no, no. What? What? What ideological dynamic is driving uh, Get you out of the car. Yes. Get you out of the car. Yeah. Our, our behavior is being determined by unelected activists. I don't know of anyone who ran for city council on the, on the premise of, 
I'm running for city council to get us a streetcar down the middle of 7th Street. <laughs> I don't know anyone who did that. No. And you go to one of these hearings. Yeah, what, what happened at the hearing? You, you know, they put up, you know, renderings and drawings and all that. I don't, And they're all people that you didn't vote for. You didn't vote for them. Uh, the streetcar plan. The Met Council said the project would include it. I did that. Uh, uh, Carol Kist of St. Paul said there are better ways to spend the money. We have to wait years and years and years for streets to get fixed and sidewalks. But we want to build a bridge and a tunnel so that people can ride from the airport to their wild games and back and forth when there's already a bus to do that, Kist said. Well, she's right. If the Met Council signs off on the plan, preliminary engineering and environmental work could begin, but planners say it would be 2031 before the first passengers step onto the modern streetcar. <laughs> Hell, I won't even be alive. Forgive me if you mention this, but look at what happened to university when you're talking about West mm -hmm, 7th. Mm -hmm. No more parking. All the businesses died. There are, there are, there's a few nail salons. Right. Oh, yeah. A couple of cellular places. <laughs> yeah. Get a bite to eat. I mean, that used to be... Car dealerships, oh. wards. There used to be hardware stores, Ooh. manufacturing, Midway Pro Bowl, industry. Yes, the prom ballroom. Mm -hmm. uh, what was the name of the great restaurant? The Criterion. Uh, what was the horse? Was it the Blue Horse? Blue Horse. Midway Blue. Chev, Midway Ford. Arrow? Saxon Ford, Arrow Pontiac, uh, Big Mac truck dealership. I think that's still there. Wasn't the Blue Horse the one in Police Academy? No, Chris. There was a restaurant called the Blue Horse. <laughs> it was the Blue, Blue Oyster. Blue Oyster. That's it. But my point being, uh, yes, uh, NPR found a woman here to say glowing things, and, and that's her prerogative, of course, that she favors it. Uh, but I bet if you took a poll, how many people do you think— live on either side of West 7th Street between, say, uh, Davern and uh, downtown. 10,000 people, 20,000, I don't know, 20,000 people maybe. Go a block in on either side of uh, 7th Street from, uh, from uh, XL Energy Center to Davern, let's say. How many people do you think that would encompass? Well, you're probably 20. I'm going to go, let's say it's 20,000 people. Okay. If you could ask every one of the 20,000, I bet you'd come up with 17,000 people opposed to the idea yep. that this boondoggle is going to cost $2 billion. If confronted with this question, would you like to spend $2 billion so we can get a streetcar, a new bridge, and a tunnel? Mm -hmm. What? Let's go. What do you think? Uh, no. That's my answer. No, I would not. I, like I think you're right. I think overwhelmingly... Uh, it would be opposed, saying, you know what? Uh, let's just repair the potholes and the streets that we have right now and, and replace those water mains as needed, and we'll just keep those buses going. Let's go back to the premise. Why are the streets in such, uh, such a horrible condition? They, they fill potholes. Those guys are out there all the time filling potholes. I sure. saw a pothole truck today. So let's give them that. They're, they're, you know what? You, you get— you, you, you scratch that itch enough and call the pothole hotline, you'll get a pothole all right. filled. All right. All right. Uh, but the roads uh, in, and, and occasionally a road gets repaved in St. Paul. Yep. Right. But it's not, it's not, 
it's not the point of action, is it? It's, a, it's almost an afterthought. Well, let's go back to the ideological root of this. We are led, and in many cases by unelected activists in the salon, who don't give a rip about vehicle traffic. So it would stand to reason that streets are the Not last thing in their mind. Now, that's not true in other parts of the country, but in fairness, other part you can't find a pothole uh, between Fort Myers, Florida, and Naples, Florida. You just can't find one. Okay. Now, in fairness, it's just got a, they got a climate that's easier on sure. asphalt and concrete. Right, right. They're just a much easier climate on it. Maybe that, in fact, that might be the only answer. It's just you, you can't wreck a road in Florida. It's hard to do. But here... There's no hustle associated with, with maintaining streets. There's no hustle with it, it because we are to be disabused of the idea that we should be continuing to rely on personal transportation. I'll go back to something I said earlier about the people in the salon. They don't take families into account in their thinking. They're not taking mom and the kids into account. Mom and her three kids got to get to Target to buy diapers. You're not going to ride. We don't live in Vietnam. You're not going to put 12 people on a Honda 50 <laughs> and carry a sheet of plywood. Right, right. But the people in the salon, I don't think they take children into their thinking. No, obviously they don't. Because if they're, again, you referenced it before, the 27-year-old living in the loft and, and uh, uh, maybe takes a, a trip here and there, but there's no, it's not family oriented. Their thinking is not family oriented because their thinking was not family oriented. When you turned Jefferson from the Mississippi river all the way down to where is Jefferson end seventh street. Yeah. Yes. Well, that, that became so much dedicated for bikes. Think of the families that lost parking in front of their own house. Right. And it's all, Jefferson was 100% residential. Not enough people are pushing back. The people in the Mac Groveland, Woodlawn, Stanford, Stonebridge neighborhood, where they're no longer, they're, they, they won the sidewalk fight, they pushed back. And now they're not going to get their And look road. what happened to them. <laughs> right. It, it's, it's a stupid policy. The public works should uh, have a come to Jesus meeting and realize, why are we shooting ourselves in the foot? If it's going to cost twenty grand today to fix a, a a large section of pipe on Stanford, why are we going to wait thirty years to do it when it might cost two million? Why don't they just do it? That's, Didn't know I was going to be this good today. No, yeah. and this is uh, you're you're frustrating me. I should be because it it seems as if you don't have a voice. You do. You do. Well, okay, you, you did in Matt Groven, but look at what they did. They it cost you. We don't, we don't care about <laughs> it you. It okay, cost you. Putting it at the end. We're gonna Your roads are at the end of the line, your, main, your maintenance. It needs to be pointed out how stupid that is. How arrogant it is. You disagree with our enlightened vision of walking with <laughs> your reusable you? bag to the co-op? How dare you? May your water main burst. <laughs> I did last year already. Four times. Yeah. Holy mackerel, people. 
despite what happened to the people who pushed back, they lost a bit. We still have to push back. And, and unfortunately, when this sidewalk dilemma comes to your neighborhood, whether you live in St. Paul or Phoenix, uh, you better be prepared to think hard about it. You want them to just put in the sidewalks? You're going to lose all your trees on your block? Well, if, you, if you're comfortable with that, I guess you're getting sidewalks. I think so many people think they shouldn't be saying anything. Why? Uh, you People in St. Paul... We've been beaten over the head too long. I was going to say here, I, I think the reason why is most people, it's not that they don't agree with you, Joe, and do want to push back. They just want to be left alone. With a lot of this, well, I think that uh, I think we all have a civic obligation to enforce the unwritten social contract that it compels us to weigh in on these things. Uh, yeah, because if you keep your mouth shut, you're gonna you're you're gonna lose twice. I, it, to my way of thinking, and and I I've had reasonable people confront me and say. Sushere, you're backwards. You're not thinking for the future. You're not thinking of the transportation needed to accommodate a more flexible workforce or bring in industry and bring in jobs. To which I say, are you kidding me? Name me the last industry that's ever wanted to move to St. Paul. Uh, I can't. Wax hands. <laughs> yeah, that was real big industry. I, I, I think it's folly to spend $2 billion to create a streetcar line on 7th Street. That nobody wants. And if there's 20,000 people... Where are we going to get $2 billion? Oh, don't worry. It comes from the feds. Uh, you didn't have anything to do with it. Well, it's not your money. That's a lot of money for a city. To this day, you know who I blame for light rail. I know. Former I, Gov. I blame Ventura. Because? He'll be damned if he's going to let anybody else get that, what he thought was free money. Right. There was a billion dollars coming. A billion dollars of federal money coming, and it's going to go to someone. Why not get our hands on it? I ain't going to let anybody get that money. No. Because he saw the empty freeway so he could drive his Porsche all along. (laughs) I wonder why he doesn't come on the show. I don't know. Yeah. I wasn't listening, but. I wasn't, but when Such talked yesterday about. (laughs) Okay, Gov, I got you. What? Well, uh, Governor Ventura, when he willing to call me and say, I don't listen, but the other day you guys were talking about. Yeah. And I said, okay, I got you. Yeah. I just let it go. I never pointed out. Is that one of these? Is that? Yeah, that's yeah. probably going to yeah. be one of those. All right. We'll yeah, be back. Know. We'll be back. 2,440,000 injured and 35,092 dead. Those are the National Safety Council injury facts from our nation's highways in 2015 as a result of vehicle crashes. Federated Insurance reminds you. These are more than statistics. This is family, friends, and neighbors. Distracted driving is an epidemic, but it's not the only factor in vehicle crashes. How about fatigue? You drive when you're sleepy and find it too hard to keep your eyes open? Then pull over. Go for a walk. Have you ever been unable to recall changing lanes? Do you stay up late nights and drive to work tired? You've got to change those habits. A National Sleep Foundation poll revealed that 60% of adult drivers say they have driven a vehicle while feeling drowsy, and more than a third of those same drivers admitted to actually falling asleep at the wheel. Don't become a statistic. Get yourself some sleep before you get behind the wheel. At Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it's our business to protect yours. Please make it home safely today.
here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. Hi. Just a minute here. Got her all set up. Let's see where that streetcar will run. I got another thought on that. Another thought well, on what the- obligation do I as a taxpayer have to help somebody get to the Mall of America? Uh you you know what that look at how you have a freeway that'll get you there and a bus and that- a train. Why is that already overlooked? That's the first thing that shouldn't be overlooked. And not to mention, when you were talking about the the possibility of a West 7th uh, train, mm-hmm. how about the fact that me, a guy that doesn't live in St. Paul, I, I go there a, a dozen times a year. If I want to go to the Wild Game, I'll take the train. If I wanted to take the train from here, yeah. it drops me off nine blocks away from the X. Yeah, It's not even a convenient source of travel through there, the one that they already have. I'm trying to think of uh, the nearest uh, point where the uh, green line gets to the X would be about uh, fourth. It's over by a fifth in uh, by it, the old athletic club. Well, it, it drops you off. For, what's the the music school? Uh, I don't know. Uh, McNally. Uh, yeah, McNally. I don't think arts. it's open anymore. I, I've taken I've taken uh, light rail true. from here to a couple of Twins games. And it's undeniably a great way to get there. Yes, takes you but forever. But I didn't. I don't think it's worth that amount of money to uh, to provide me that convenience. <laughs> Plus, it takes about forty five minutes. Yeah, or you can just time. get a a parking space downtown and take Kenny with you, and it takes you five miles to get to the XL Energy Center. I crossed the river twice. <laughs> but Joe, that's a. I mean, that's a really good point. Is that they uh, they want the money? It's not family oriented, and. Yeah, we have to um, the play that? the old theme, uh, <laughs> and the fact that we do not have any obligation uh, to get people to the Mall of America or the airport. You got to do that on your own. You can call an Uber. You can call a cab. You can call a friend. Million dollar idea. Suppose I'm not supposed to play this. Yeah, yeah let's fade out of that. Let's just fade out. What is it? Uh, have you ever watched a show called Shark Tank? Yes, a lot, many, oh, many times. Dedicated viewer right to my left. I here. bet. Well, yeah. what's the premise? Premise is it's a million-dollar idea. You what? You present your idea to a panel? It's, yeah, it's hoping that they'll business. invest in yes. you. Mark yes. Cuban. Um, they have a, everybody that's a multi. Who's Damon John? Uh, he clothing wear Fubu. He's a big shot. Yeah. Yeah, he has a, a clothing line that he has. I think the chief offsite correspondent alerted me to this. Uh, a couple, she's a nurse, he's a fireman, uh, went on Shark Tank and walked off the set with three million bucks from John Draymond. What was the product? Uh, so, so here's the premise. I'll tell you what the premise is. You pitch. You're asking for startup money. You know a guy named Ryan Walter? Yes. He was just on it. And he was, I'm trying to think of why, what he uh, had. He's selling some golf products or something or some some local sort of guy. entertainment package. Local guy. Yeah, local kid. So what you do is you, uh, Mark Cuban is sitting there, and if he likes your idea, yeah. he might give you um, a startup percentage. He, he'll no, give, he might give you 100 grand for a piece of your action. 15% of the company. I get it. All yeah. right, I get it. And I suppose the fun for the viewer is to 
to bet whether these well they these these panelists these millionaires go up against each other some are say I'm out right away and a couple of them will will try to sweeten the pot against the other mm-hmm. just saying you want to work with me you don't want to work with him uh it's entertaining uh, Alyssa and Zach Brown from Connecticut walked into the tank seeking 150 grand in exchange for 5% of their business it's called Moki Doorstep. That's their, what they've come up with. Okay. Zach, a firefighter, and Alyssa, an emergency room nurse, always enjoyed outdoor activities like kayaking. There was just one problem. When they transport their kayaks or bikes or snowboards on the roof of their car, five-foot-tall Alyssa would struggle to reach the roof to help take the gear down. Okay. It inspired the couple to create the Moki doorstep, essentially a small step that attaches to the U-shaped latch in your vehicle's open door so you can reach the roof. It currently sells for $44.95. So to picture where you would put the step, open the door and the, uh, uh, I think on a car, I think that's called the B pillar. Uh, The the pillar, once you open the door, there's a pillar. And there's a U-shaped latch there, presumably, for the door. Well, you hook the step into that latch. There's no picture of it here, but I'm seeing someone stand there to do it. Uh, And so you you get a leg up. You you boost yourself up. You stand on that step, and you're you're towering now above the roof of the car. Tell me the name of it again. Moki Doorstep, M-O-K-I. Moki Doorstep. The Sharks were impressed by the ingenuity of the product and by Zach and Alyssa's 30-day Kickstarter campaign, which had 110 grand in sales. Still, Kevin O'Leary thought their $3 million valuation seemed a little rich. Zach, though, explained they were in talks for a licensing agreement with a company that makes the car roof racks on which you store outdoor gear. The deal would span seven years for a minimum of $3 million, and it would be for Moki doorsteps sold in North America. Hmm. All right. Zach also mentions that his uncle gets a dollar for every Moki doorstep sold for the next 18 years since he was the one to initially file the patent. Wow, I can see it now. You see it? Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Uh, How does it? Do you have an uncle like Kevin, Damon John says, poking fun at O'Leary's notorious ruthlessness when it comes to cutting deals? O'Leary is out. He doesn't like the price of the step and fears knockoffs. Meanwhile, Robert, is it Herjavec? Yeah, he's... uh... Self-made millionaire. He encourages Zach and Alyssa to just take the licensing distribution deal. They would make good money off of it. After all, Zach points out uh, that since the terms of the deal are only for North America, they want to take the product global. Damon John is interested and offers them a deal of four hundred and fifty grand for a 20% stake. But they don't want to give up that much <laughs> equity. What okay. am I missing? Sophomore. Well, I'm just looking at some of the pictures of it. <laughs> yeah. I can't see from here. That looks like a lady in her grunders that's reaching for her surfboard. Yeah, that marketing's a little off. Huh? Yeah, I think so. I think so. But the product looks really solid, and it is a good idea. It It, it is cool. You just wonder, because it doesn't look like it could support the weight of a human. Right. But it is cool. It's very cool. Well, apparently what happened, uh, I don't know why this uh, story stopped printing on me. Uh, Damon John is interested and offers them a deal of four hundred and fifty grand for a 20% stake, but they don't want to give up that much equity. So that's when he must have stepped in. Oh, here it is. For that amount of equity, I think we're better off just selling the company outright, Zach said. I think if the offer was right, I would sell it. Mark Cuban then said, how much would they be willing to sell the company for? Since they came into the tank with a $3 million valuation, Zach says that's what it would cost. 
We enjoy our jobs, Alyssa says, and Zach adds that she's pregnant with their second child. If you have that licensing agreement in place, I will offer you right now $3 million for the entire company, John said. The Sharks looked stunned, and Alyssa and Zach looked floored, but accepted the offer. We've enjoyed running the business, but we really enjoy our jobs and being with our family so we can make money off of it and go back to our normal lives. So so I guess sometimes on that show, uh, people make it, huh? I wonder if the, uh, does the grandpa or Uncle Al, does he still make a buck off each one, I well, wonder? sure, if it was part of the original I deal. I bet that's part of the deal. Wow, okay. I bet that's part of the deal. Is that kind of how the negotiations went between you guys <clears throat> with the initial uh, oh, yeah. investment for the industry? <clears throat> well, it was presented to me. Uh, it said, I need it fast, I think, is what it was. <laughs> it you get the cash tomorrow. <laughs> Wasn't that it? It was presented to me as an opportunity to uh, expand a wax hands into the into the fairground yes. uh, marketing. It area. was for a while. It was pretty darn good. Yeah, and then uh, and then you know barren times. I, I don't intend to ever see a nickel. Oh yeah, it's, it's, I've got it in is some this, German bearer bonds right now, and uh, with this economy, does it still exist? Oh yeah, I got a. Uh, I've got a. You're uh, running I, out of bar mitzvahs. Well, the the Frisch family is the next uh, family. They're this this is their third time. Really, a wonderful. He's an old St. Paul attorney. Oh yeah, I'm, his first name escapes me. Lives in Mendota Heights. He's a great guy. And you you take the industry out there and set it we up. Go you wear your there, funny satin pants and, and here uh, we go. Make hands left and right. Mm-hmm. The bar mitzvahs and the bat mitzvahs have been a. I wonder a why concept. our Jewish friends uh, find that fascinating. Um, Why aren't you scoring big with the Catholics or the Baptists or Catholics the Catholics don't they don't spend the money like our uh, our uh, non-believing friends. Mm-hmm. They they really go after it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they're you know what? They're the most fun because they're very family oriented these bar mitzvahs. Yeah. Also, it's all family. It becomes a competition. It's in like some a mini cases. wedding yeah. and they do they're all competing against each other to have yep. the most fun bar mitzvah mm-hmm. or bat mitzvah. Is well, it, you would think then they would have risen above you know, dragging out the old reliable oh, wax hands. So you know, rent a pony in, or something. Once you get in, it's this is yeah. it's a good deal. All right. Well, thank you very much. Push back, people. Push back, please. Got to push back. to what we've been discussing. Well, we've discussed a lot today. Bert writes, the proposed bills to make voting easier. By the way, Raymond Dean, the legislator who wants to uh, uh, engage the so-called disenfranchised voter. Yes. He did return my call at about four o'clock yesterday. Oh, really? And then I did. I returned his, uh, inviting him onto the podcast. And that's where we stand. Okay. Had to leave a voicemail and invite. But he returned my call. All right. Joe, the proposed bills to make voting easier and more inclusive fall under the Mysterian rubric of taking the path of least resistance to bring about a new order. By picking the legislative low-hanging fruit, such as helping people vote and promoting diversity, they put forth agendas to which very few can disagree. If you oppose voting rights or diversity or the environment, you are a right-wing fascist ogre. So this garbage walks right through because it becomes nearly politically unopposable, even if it is inane, redundant, and unnecessary. Well, let's 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 apply that to 
these proposals to add a streetcar down West 7th Street, for example. I suppose if you oppose it, you're seen as opposing providing transportation for people. Uh, I suppose if you oppose early voting, you're seen as someone who is attempting to restrict those who vote, even though that's not the case. Uh, I I have no uh, interest in depriving anybody of their voting rights. My insistence would be you already have that right. They keep fixing a program that's not broken. Right. You get to vote. That's your right. Uh, diversity. I suppose if you uh, oppose promoting diversity, you are seen as someone who is what? Racist? No, yeah. diversity is a fact. Diversity in and of itself constructs no inherent value. It's just a fact. Uh, not to them. Well, speaking of diversity. Didn't think I'd get to this, but I'm going to. All right. Much off your spindle. St. Paul Public Schools is trying to get more teachers and more diversity into the district's classrooms. What did Governor Walls do yesterday? First uh, executive order to create an office of diversity. Uh, And a program launched in 2016 is meant to do just that. The fast track for candidates who want to teach in the district is designed to address two issues, a shortage of teachers and a lack of diversity. It's important that teachers' experiences and their identities match the lives of students, said Dania Frank, who coordinates the program for the district. The program is called the St. Paul Urban Teacher Residency. Residents in the program co-teach in a district school for a year, all the while working on their master's degree and obtaining their teaching license over 15 months. The program has incentives. It pays for books, a 21 grand stipend, and it offers a reduced tuition rate at the University of St. Thomas. Hmm. Okay, all of which you're paying for. Not the program doesn't pay for it. They don't have any money. In exchange, teachers have to stay with the district for three years. C. Yang is a current resident of the program. It's like the helping hand to get us where we need to be, which is teaching, she said. Uh, After this current class graduates, the program will have licensed 72 new teachers in three years. 60% of them have been teachers of color. The district is currently taking applications for the next batch of residents. More information can be found online at St. Paul Public Schools. So, uh, sounds like a good deal uh, if you're a Hmong, for example. Uh, right, and no. you And you want to teach, uh, you will be given this uh, tremendous helping hand. And you'll get 21 grand, your books paid for, and reduced rates at the University of St. Thomas. In exchange, you promise the district... Uh, you will uh, work for them for three years, and you will be a face of diversity. What if you are a hardworking young lady mm-hmm. in her senior year at St. Kate's All that right. will be studying teaching that is was told by one teacher that she works with, you're five years ahead of where the others are. You're going to be a great teacher. Yeah. Does she qualify? Well, she's Native American. I told her, put everything you... Every time you apply for anything, you put that you are a Native American. What does she need to qualify for? Isn't she about to graduate from St. Kate's? Yes. Does she then need a master's? I'm assuming maybe with this with well, this then, program. You know what, then? If you can't beat him, join him. Have her look into this. I think she already has. She saw it on the news last night. Yeah, this is a Channel 5 report. So she can yeah, get 21 the- grand, her book's paid for, and a reduced rate to get her master's at St. Thomas. 
That's really not a bad deal. I guess. But where she might run into a problem is you can sell me all this Native American BS uh, all you want. She's uh, pretty much a Caucasian young lady. Well, she's been accused of being that at St. Kate's. <laughs> yeah. Quite, she's The white privilege at St. Kate's is mm-hmm. uh, high and mighty. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know what? I've worked for everything I've got. I mean, she's so pulling far. the old Elizabeth Warren, huh? Oh, she's uh, <laughs> she's uh, she's got a relative that uh, no, Fairbanks. Sure, I'm sure she does. No, we we've got the book, The Fairbanks of America. That's the name, Fairbanks. Somebody did all the lineage, mm-hmm. and it started from when that first guy hit the uh, Plymouth Rock in sixteen thirty-five. Whatever. All the way down to. Um, uh, grandma being bored. See, I don't, I don't know if you know how this works, but but the people who landed at Plymouth Rock, those they were not the Native Americans. They were not. But Mr. <laughs> Fairbanks, they encountered the Native. The Americans. Fairbanks, the fur traders, kind of made their way uh, across town. Or shall maybe we say. they got married. Let's say. And they uh, they of course um, made their way across town. Yeah, across the country. There being no towns at the time. No, and met some. Uh, some very kind and uh, and wonderful uh, Ojibwe's. Sure. And uh, Did you skate this fine line once? Made some families. <laughs> yeah. Be careful. And yeah. uh, oh, this is all this is all in the book. It's all in the book. And uh, we have traced the I lineage still don't back. Like her chances. We traced all the lineage back to. Uh, see, see, I like her chances based on merit. But I don't like her chances if merit's thrown out the window in exchange for diversity. True, she's a very hard worker, make and she would make. Well, she a, gets a, she does well, doesn't she? Yes, she does. Okay, I see. She should be hired on merit. We're working on that. She's already got her stuff going, so she doesn't even really even need this program. But it's a nice program. But why? Te- I know they there there's a shortage of teachers. Did you ever get rid of that German car I told you not to buy? Uh, yeah, the other daughter has it now. Oh God, help me! <laughs> Honestly, I know, I know. Have her park it in Joe's driveway. No. And we just had the oil changed on it. Andy over at A&A just changed the oil on Wonderful. it. Wonderful. And I paid full for it. Yeah. So, Well, um, we only have to pay for a transmission. Uh, then we'll just uh, donate it to Newgate. I we'll think do it you'll that have point. to. Yeah. Be car number three. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she'll, no, she'll be fine. But I just don't understand why you can only, you only can specifically offer this to Minority uh, teachers. Just a minute. I came unplugged here. He's come undone. Made their way across town. Uh, the yeah, story, they, the mean, story across the, the Matt, country. the story does not make that clear. Is this program available only to people of ethnicity? That I don't know. I yeah. did, That was not explained on the news. Yeah. But they would but prefer that, all, though. Aren't we all people of ethnicity? Yeah. I'm a Polish. What am I? W- I'm a French-Irish-American. Right. I might be Scottish, too. I don't think so. Eh, good eye, mate. Mm-hmm. That's Australian. Wait, what? Okay. Well, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Okay. We're going to close this one. We'll, we'll see you tomorrow. Shut it down. We'll Shut it down see you over. tomorrow for podcast number 76 in the world of Garage Logic. Push 70, back. This was 75? Yeah. Another milestone. Push back, people. Push back. Push back and rate us on Apple iTunes if that, uh, if that. This show should entertain you all the time. If you want to go get some of those back issues to even be more entertained, you may do that. Go to garagelogic.com. You also can click on the features drop-down button to find Greg Holcomb's latest cartoons, which are fabulous and really capture the staff. And also you can see what's on Joe's bookshelf in Author's Corner. It's all waiting for you one click away. Tell your friends and neighbors, garagelogic.com. And take GL on the road. 
when you snowbirds head to Arizona, head to Florida, check us out online, garagelogic.com. Spread the word. Word.